Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis. America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis. Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chick in Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. My guest today is Ralph DiBagnaro. He is the founder of something and I get the, the real estate disruptors and there's some other things that you do too. So we'll go into all the depth of what you actually do, but um, I want to just tell you a little bit about him. He is a successful serial entrepreneur and real estate expert. He's growing up struggling financially. Ralph knew he wanted more for himself. So he said, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to get it. He currently holds prestigious roles as the president of Home Qualified, which I should have never heard of. So you're going to have to tell us a little bit about that. Sure. <laughs> Digital resource for buyers and sellers. And he's vice president of Cardinal Financial, a nationally recognized mortgage loan company. He's been nationally recognized as a mortgage banker and a real estate expert. He recently started, we just talked about this in the green room, recently started a series called The Real Estate Disruptors, which I can't wait to hear more about, where he interviews guests on real estate investing, property guidance, advice. I love the trailer. Absolutely love the channel. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's really done very, very, very well. And he's doing mentoring for inner city young young adults. And I absolutely love that called the Generation Disruptor Scholarship Program. And I know you do a lot with breakthroughs in generational things. And, and that's something that's just top of mind right now, right? Because we've got yeah. five generations working together. And I call it generational leadership. That's yeah. what I've been kind of touting to everybody. So I want to welcome you to the show, Ralph. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I want to go all the way back to the beginning. I'm going to go back to the beginning. So you're doing all these wonderful, powerful, great things right now, but it didn't start that way. It started no. way back, right? And so you can take us back to childhood if you want, but you could also take us back to the day you were handed rate sheets and donuts, because that's how we all <laughs> Yeah, you're you're right. And then how you took that to what to the not little, but the empire that you're building today. So tell us a little bit about where it started. Yeah. So, you know, I was a kid who grew up in New York. I grew up in Brooklyn. And, you know, I was never really a great student. To be totally honest with you, the school really wasn't for me, but I was a very, very hard worker. And I think that I I graduated college because I had to, not because I really wanted to. And I, I graduated with a finance degree. And I got out into the world in 2001, 2000, early 2002. And the internet bubble had just burst with the stock market and, and there were not many jobs. There were sales jobs. I had a friend who was working for a mortgage company. He said, hey, come do this. You don't need to be licensed at that point and I'll teach you the business and, and we can get off and running. And 
just like you said, they handed me after two weeks, they handed me a phone, a phone book at the time and yeah. go to the hit the streets and go do what you got to do. And then, you know, eventually we got some leads, but I started on the phones at a company that ended up being a very, very I was lucky because it was a company that kind of was just starting, but they, they ended up be going public about two years after I started there. Um, so I was able to get in and advance really quickly because as you know, as well as anybody, you know, mortgages and real estate and this kind of business, especially sales, you really get back what you put into it. I've always said that. And, you know, I was, again, I, I really came from a place where I had to work for everything. So I was willing to put the hours in. And once I got the feel of being rewarded for that after, after a few months of being broke, it really kind of took off of me up until about 2007, 2008, where my world ended. Yeah. Everybody's and, and and then I had to start over again. As good as I did, um, as well as I did, I didn't really understand how to manage my money because I'd never been taught really. And I, and I was not living the way I probably should have been, thinking it was never going to end like most people. And yeah, yeah, 2000, 2000, yeah, 100%. And, and you know, that was, a, that was a start over me in this business. And I went back to just being, I was a vice president at that point at Deutsche Bank, which is a publicly traded company. And I went back to being a loan officer in 2008. I'm back to 14 hours, 12, 14 hours a day, just selling again, except now I had debt. So it was a really, it was a life lesson I needed and it really set me up for the future. But yeah, that was my, my beginning in this business. That's crazy. So what did you do at Deutsche Bank? So I it was on the mortgage side. So you I was an originator. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they they bought, I would work for a company by the name of Mortgage IT, if you remember that company. Mm-hmm. And Deutsche Bank bought us in, I believe, 2005 or 2006. Um, and they expanded the mortgage divisions, expanded our product, and it was the greatest thing ever. And then when the market started to fail, they were one of the first ones to be like, yeah, we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to write off this bad buy and we're going to get out. Um, and at that point, they had offered me a job. They were working on projects internationally in Mexico and, and Dominican Republic. And they were like, you can come work on this side. We think the future is here right now. There's no future in mortgages. And I was just like, you know, I don't know it. And I don't know if it's ever going to work. And I'm, I'm just going to leave and go figure it out. For six months, I kind of treaded water and I didn't know what I was going to do. And I kind of froze, to be honest with you. And that's a lesson too that I've kind of used, especially in present day. And then I got back to just selling loans again. And I just kind of started over again as a loan officer. Yeah, I love that. I think you and my son probably walked in the halls together at Deutsche Bank. He was in M. Oh, get out of here! That's- he was in M and A in two thousand four to like two thousand six. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, yeah you know so what's you funny? Probably my, kind my of walked wife, the, yeah, walked that kind of uh, uh, that line with it. My yeah. wife, who I kind of met there, but after I stopped working there, still works at Deutsche Bank to this oh, day. Really? Fourteen wow. years later, she's still there. Yeah, she's still she's on the investment banking side. She's still there. So yeah, that's cool. I love yeah. that. I love that. So okay, so you you know, so you kind of pulled up your bootstraps and said, okay, I'm just going to go be a do what I know it I need to do. Just you know, put my head down, do my thing. Which again, like you said, in present day, what we're experiencing, like you know, a lot of people are. Eh, there's a lot of people that are struggling right now, and there are others yeah. that are doing really well, but they're struggling in a different way. <laughs> Right, because they used right. to the momentum. Yeah. They're not you. They didn't have everything put together in, in in advance, right? And then there are other people that had everything all ready to go, and so they are manifesting and you know quadrupling their their volume. And so you put your bootstraps on, and you said, okay, I mean, this is going to be a loan officer. So so you've been a loan officer for a while. And when did you start saying, okay, I don't even know what the tipping point is. Not even really to ask the question, but. At what point did you say, you know what, there's more to this than just lending? Yes. So, you know, even at Deutsche Bank, I was running a division of about 100 people before the market went to where it was. And then, you know, God bless me with the fact that I knew that when the market crashed, I could still go back to being a salesperson and make a living. So I recommend it to everybody because there's always, if you can sell, there's always work you can do, right? But I've always been an entrepreneur and I've always had businesses outside. Morgan just always funded everything else I wanted to do. 
So, but you know, in 2011, 2012, when I started to kind of grow a business again, a division again, and there's always more stuff you want to do to grow. And, and, you know, mentoring and teaching was always something I liked. I got to around, you know, 2015, 2016, and I saw social media was starting to become something that was, I had to address, which is when I started Home Qualified and I started doing videos and trying to obtain press to try to, to build my profile. And through that, I started teaching a little bit of how to buy homes and that kind of stuff. And it just kind of blossomed into what's Disruptors Network today which is really my community-based business where I have a scholarship fund through and I have educational classes through and I have uh, networking meetings, even if they're virtual now. And you know, I really like the community aspect of things. So I think more than anything, um, that's what I gravitated towards. And I feel like if you build people, it eventually turns into money. And, that, and that's what I've realized at this point. Yeah. And I, you know, I totally agree with you. Um, it's funny. I was just recently, I've been on the phone all day. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Just recently, um, and you know what? There's a speaker spray, and I did it, and it still isn't working. But you know, this is what everybody likes about my podcast because I'm just real about the fact. It's awesome. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Right now, you know, instead of going, "Hey, can we just stop this and let's edit it?" You know, I'm just a lot. Uh, Push through. (laughs) You know, I just recently put together some training for my clients, you know, because I coach real estate agents and loan officers and I put some training together and it's about charitable work. And as I was putting it together and wanted to give some examples of some charitable things that I had done and some community involvement that I had done, because I'm really big on the community, which is why I, you know, froze when I said, oh my gosh, this is so great. He's helping young adults. And and as I'm putting it together, it's just growing and growing. And this is becoming like an 80 page presentation with all these things I've done. And I didn't realize how much of that I actually did. And when I look back on it, I think, wow, that probably was another of my codes because I have a bunch of codes, but it was probably another of my codes. So I love hearing that, that this is something for you too, is that when you help others, you help yourself. So tell us a little bit about that. I mean, so you, okay. So you go on social media, everybody goes Mm -hmm. on there. What did you do that made it different than what others are doing? One, community. I get that. Charitable pieces yeah. really big now. But what else did you do that was different? You know, you know, I've spoken to you once and then you were nice enough to send me your book and I read a little bit about you. And what I like about you is that you're a person with substance, right? You're a person who did actually did the work yeah. and is now teaching people to do the work. The problem that I found with social media from the beginning of it and now to today, there's a lot of people on there selling courses or programs or get rich quick schemes that don't necessarily have substance because they're telling you how to make a million dollars, but I don't know if they've ever made it. And if, even if they did make it, they're not telling you that it takes thousands of thousands of hours of work to get there. It's not something you could do just with through a system. So when I started looking at that, I, you know, I was like, you know, I want to be a real profit when it comes to this. And I want to do from some stuff from a place of where I actually did it. And I don't want to try to pretend somebody to be, be somebody I'm not. So yeah. I first started looking into kind of building out courses and stuff like that. I had some people pushing me, hey, put out a real estate course, how to buy real estate. I was like, I'm buying real estate, but I'm not the biggest person in the state or the country or whatever it is. Like, I want to teach some things I know how to do. So, you know, yeah, and I know I know how to build my brand. I know how to succeed in mortgages and I've used that success to succeed in other places. I'm going to teach from a place of that. Like what I've done in life to build from zero to a hundred, back down to zero and then back up to a hundred again. And I'm going to try to teach that way instead of trying to pretend I'm somebody I'm not and saying, I have the foolproof way for you to make millions of dollars in the mortgage business. There is no foolproof way. You know, this is, I'm just trying to give people like how I really did it. And I'm not even close to being finished. I feel like in my life, you know, right. when I look at myself, I'm 42 now, I look at other people who are my age or a little bit younger, a little bit older, and, and they may be further along in their careers than I am. And, and I, sometimes I look at that and say, that person utilized their, their time on earth better than I have. So I have some ways to go still, right? Like I can, I can be better. 
you know, that's kind of part of what I teach too. Like it, it's never too late to start and it's always the right time to begin doing it now and, and never think it's, it, you can't, you know, then that's kind of where I'm teaching from. Yeah. It reminds me of a phrase that I always say is that your future is a series of nows. What are you doing now to create your future? And we all obviously know that. And in these industries, right, a real estate and mortgage is that, sure. yep. you know, there's a, there's such a lag time in, in the annuity income that comes from any single discussion that you have today, whether it's a partner or a client, you know, some will slide through, but um, Darren Hardy says something called do the thing, just do the thing. Do yeah. the thing that you do really well. Just do it. I like, Stop I like talking that. about it and do the thing. You yeah. do the thing you know, and then that propelled you. So for those that are listening here, it's find that thing, that bailiwick, that thing that you do so well and do more of it to be able to propel your business while you're still in the mortgage industry. Great. Yep. So, yep. and I said it that way because- there's life after mortgages, but a lot of people are going to be working and doing mortgages till they're 85. Because <laughs> we're all going to live. And, and you know what? That was some of the, the, the stuff that scared me. When I looked at yeah. some of these sales people I had around me who were older and they were, you know, 50, 60 years old and they were still trying to do the same thing, working on drawers. And I said, this isn't, you know, people think that this isn't a residual business, but it is. Your network is your, is your residual business. So how do you grow a network so you don't have to worry about that for the rest of your life? And that, that's really what I've tried to teach. Like whatever you're doing, have a solid foundation, have a real network and you have residual business forever. That's my net worth is, is who are the people I know around me and who I can, yeah. I can do business with. So, you know, that's the stuff that scared me. And that's really why I, I tried to attack stuff like this. Yeah. It's interesting. You said that when I, cause I'm much older, <laughs> when I turned 47, you look great, by the way, you look very young. So <laughs> when I turned 47, for some reason, that was just like a, ugh, that year for some reason. And I thought 57, 67, can I do this for 20 more years? Cause I, at that time I'd already been in for 30. Yeah. And I thought, oh gosh, can I do this? And I felt like I was going to walk around shuffling my feet, like some realtors, right? Some of the old realtors, the shuffle, we call it the realtor shuffle yeah. <laughs> or, be, or being an attorney who says that they've been an attorney for 45 years, you know? And, and I thought, gosh, you know, I, I can't do that. So I've got to start building a bridge to the other side. And using every single loan as the capital to do something else to grow my, my life, right? My whole life, my legacy. So tell yeah. us about your legacy. And I, and I didn't mean to share mine. I just have to kind of, you know. No, it's great. Leave that I, I, into I, I, the conversation. Yeah. So you understand. What are you starting to do now that's not beyond the network? Because you're right. Your network is your net worth. But what are you doing now to grow exponentially? Because that's the message I want to get out today on this particular episode is that we make so much money in this industry compared to any other industry, any other widget, right? That's, yeah. Why aren't people doing something with that? You know, legacy is a funny thing because I've talked about that a lot of other shit. And I have, my kids are five and seven now. And so my wife's Dominican and I'll go back to this story. My wife's Dominican. So my kids are, you know, mixed race. You know, I grew up in New York city, which is a melting pot. And my neighbor was a melting pot, but I always go around with friends of all races and cultures. Right. So I've always been that person who was very comfortable in a room, no matter who I was in it with. And, and that's just who I am. And, and that's, my father was an educator and so was my mother. And that's kind of how I grew up. Right. When all this stuff, so over the years, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes around on around me that bothers me that people say or do and just stereotyping and stuff like that. So when all the stuff started over the summer with George Floyd, which was kind of stuff coming to a head, right? Like it's all the stuff that came to a head. And I was in New York City, which was, you know, the, the center of kind of these protests and stuff like that. And it was upsetting every single day. And I just couldn't figure out 
what I could do to, to help. And I just didn't feel like protesting was my best way to help, right? Because I just feel like that's a way to make myself feel better, not a way to help anybody else get me better, right? So how do I help other people? It wasn't enough for me just to be good that way myself. I had to start speaking up because my kids are going to grow up and they're either going to be judged by the way they look or given stuff for the way they look for no reason. And I didn't want that either. So I said, how can I really help? Well, the way I think I can help is I can give other people access to my network is and teach them how to make a career and make money and build the right foundation to have a better life. And I want to give access to people who don't necessarily have access. So right. I created this scholarship and I called a generation disruptor. And it's something I had been working on for a couple of years, but I never knew what, what I was going to do with it. Right. And the first class I had was I found four people who I felt like had not been given opportunities either because of the place they came from, their background, their ethnicity, their color of skin. And I wanted to give an opportunity to get licensed as a mortgage loan officer or a real estate agent. And I wanted to teach them the right way. And so I created the scholarship. It was supposed to be a three-month scholarship where I was going to pay them a salary for three months. You know, we had probably a hundred applicants. We chose four people for the first class because I just I was just kind of throwing it out there. I didn't know what I was going to do. So I didn't want to take too many people on because I felt like I, it wouldn't go well. So because yeah. it was really just flying by the seat of my pants. I didn't really have a plan. It worked to an extent, and we made some mistakes and I learned. And you know, we had I think three out of the four people now still work for my company and they're licensed. That's what makes me the happiest of it. But it finished and I didn't feel fulfilled. I felt like, okay, great. This is the start of something. So what do I do next? So, you know, I was like, I'm going to create a leadership academy because I don't want to teach people just to be licensed. I want to make them leaders in our community so they can affect change. Like I'm trying to affect change. Like I put more people out that have the intentions that I have and teach them that this is the way to not only be successful in life, but be successful as a person. They kind of give back. So that's what we're, we're about to launch now in hopefully May. Um, I just bought a building where I'm going to house it in and we're going to start a leadership academy and I'm going to teach them the business. But a lot of what I'm going to teach personally is this is how you should structure your days, your lives, um, your lifestyles. And this is how, these are the mistakes I've made and this is how I've been successful at making those mistakes. So that's what I'm really working on now. And it's, it's probably what I'm most excited about, even though it's a lot on top of everything you have to do on a daily basis. But I just feel like that's where my purpose lies at this point, And that's what I'm really going to work on. Yeah, I love that. So is that what makes you tick, helping other people at this point? I think so. I, th I, you know, I think that I'm a person that likes to have good energy around me more than anything. And, and I think to do that, you have to cultivate some people. And sometimes you're going to have to push through dragging people along to be that energy. But I do. I think, I think helping people succeed makes me, makes me tick more than anything. And it gives me... I also like having young people around me because... I want to run and I want competition to run. And I don't, I want to be challenged every single day that I show up at the office. I, you know, I want to be the first one there. I want to be the last one to leave and I want to outwork everybody. So I have to keep bringing in new people to kind of push that, to push the limits of that. Because if I don't, then I feel like I'll slow down and I'll get into a routine because, you know, as you definitely know, you said we make a lot of money in this industry at some point, you know, it, it's not about the money. It doesn't become about the money anymore because, you know, we have a lifestyle and it's great. And, and how much money do you really need? Right. So like, what are you really getting up every single day to do? And for me, it's to compete and to grow and to keep going. So bringing people in like that, that really want it, to really want something in life and want to grow it is, is, is the best thing they got to have around me. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, that's what you make a really good point where, you know, we get a, it's a sort of time, it's not time to make the donuts, right? <laughs> I mean, this is an old yeah. commercial, but for Dunkin' yeah. Donuts, like time to make the donuts and we get up and, you know, and, and I had come over that process too, you know, in my story, which everybody's heard, but you know, where I came over that and said, there's got to be more to life than just doing loans and going out and talking to people and creating relationships, there has to be more. And that's when I started, you know, I started my own charity. I started it when we had awesome. the big, the great recession. You know, okay. I started my own charity then, and I still have it running today. And that was important to me. 
right? And then also saying, you know, how does this get cut off? When, when I'm done doing lending at some point in the future, wait, and this was years and ahead, what is that going to be like for me? And where, how am I going to replace my income? And I kept saying mailbox income, mailbox income. I just want mailbox income because I've done yeah. all my I life. Like that. I, want some I like that term, yeah. Mailbox <laughs> income, which is really passive income, but I want to just yeah. go to the mailbox and be able to get the income and then go do the things that I want to do. And I'm really trying to stress that to loan officers now and to real estate agents, you know, to think beyond the closings this month, the fundings this month, the contract that you just wrote to create a life for yourself down the road so that when the time comes, you can leave on your own terms and you won't be finding yourself working at Walmart being a greeter, right? You'll be- yeah, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> be- I love that. You'll always have a purpose. Yeah, I agree with yeah. you. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that's what you're doing is you're kind of growing this, you know, the youth foundation and, and doing that kind of stuff. And I think that's wonderful. I think it's great that you're putting that into Thank place. So, yeah. So, okay. So I'm going to ask you a couple other questions too. So sure. what are some of the hardest choices you've had to make in your career in the lending process? You know, like from, I, so I guess we could say all the way back from 201, right? But yeah. forward, what are some uh, of the hardest choices you've made, but, but you feel like they're the best? That's a good question. So, you know, I'll start more recently. I think I'll start that because it'll tell my story a little bit. I moved my whole group of about a hundred people at that point from one platform to another two and a half years ago at this point now, because I was this person who was this outside of the box thinker who was talking about all this progressive stuff, but where I was working, our message wasn't that. Our technology was antiquated. We weren't pushing anything forward. And I realized we were going towards a digital age. So for three years, I worked on a strategy to kind of move everybody. And it took me three years. It took me that long, but it was, it was still a hard decision because I have a partner on it and we, and we moved about a hundred people, but you know, moving everybody's families and lives and stuff like that is not easy. Like, you know, it's a lot of, you know, am I making the right choices? But we, we moved to a platform that had really, really good technology. And I grew my business from about 600 million a year to, we did almost 2 billion last year. Some of that was the market, but some of it was just making a choice that to go somewhere, get out of my comfort zone, go someplace where the technology was faster and I could do things more streamlined. So that was a very, very hard decision. So I think in general, as a, as a message, just embrace what's going on in the world and we're going a certain way and stop fighting it and jump into it and embrace it. Because if you did mortgages in the past and the industry we're in, you could do anything today. You just have to embrace it and go for it. And that's what I needed to do. So that was definitely something that was a hard decision. And you know, 2000, 2007, 2008, as you know, when the market crashed, people were running away from the industry and they, ne- they almost never came back. And I think I was too proud to say I failed and too proud to say that that I made some bad choices and, and maybe I'm not where I wanted to be. And I stayed because maybe I was too proud. So that was a hard choice, but it ended up being the right choice, not because of mortgages. And not, you know, I think I could have been successful at anything. I think it was a choice that I had to dig out of a, a problem I had created and create it and do it again. And because I did that, I have the mentality now that no matter what happens, I'll be able to progress and succeed and move forward as long as I keep my feet moving and I don't stand still. Yeah. And I think I think that's all super, super important. I think the other thing, I think there's a choice that you're making right now that you probably don't recognize as much. Um, I can see it from the outside is the decision to work, you know, in millennial generation. You know, I always said that when people go up to the ivory tower and they're killing it and they're kicking butt, sometimes you have to take the elevator back down and bring up some new blood. And that keeps it fresh. And, and obviously that's something that you're doing. And so I want to talk about the generations that we're dealing with right now and, and your take on the importance of pooling everybody in. You already talked about ethnicity and whatever, but we, we also need to talk about the generation. 
right? Yeah. Generation, this is the first time in history that we have five generations working in the same place. And so there's there's different things that make them tick. There's different styles that they want to do, you know, use. Sure. I think this is a hard choice, whether you think it is or not. It's going to be a lot of work. And I'm sure you're already experiencing that. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about why you think that's so important to not become a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> I've had my bumps and bruises with it for sure, where I was doing things to bring these young people in, right? And then I thought that they were, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about the new generations and we look at the bad they are, we don't concentrate on the good they are, right? So the good that they have coming in is that they're much more technology advanced than we are. They have a lot more information. They're much further advanced than, than we are in certain places, right? So that's the good. The bad is that they've kind of been brought up in a society that's a lot softer than we were used to coming up. So they tend to maybe be willing to quit a little faster on things. Yeah, they wear everything on their sleeves, yeah. For sure. And you know that's the problem with with that. But they're so much more advanced than we were coming up. They know so much more than I did at their age, at 18, 21, even up to 25. So I have to use that and then make them better at the things they're not so good at. And what they're not so good at as you hit it on the head, they wear their feelings on their sleeve. And you have to communicate in a different manner. And that is something that's a little bit hard for me because I'm passionate. Cowboys, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm, if I'm telling you something, it's because I care and not because I'm trying to hurt your feelings. Like if I wasn't interested, you wouldn't even hear from me. But because I'm so interested and I'm so passionate, I'm going to tell you how it is. So I've had to adjust the way I talk a little bit and, and not focus on, I can't believe that they're too soft or this, you know, because again, I think there's so much good about them that I'm going to utilize that to its fullest extent. And I'm going to teach them the things that they don't know, which, which have helped me in the past. Well, I'm going to interject because we have millennials. Who if if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And we have millennials that listen into this podcast, obviously. And so the reverse of that is that that while millennials think we are maybe too rough, right? We don't have filters. <laughs> we don't have a lot of filters. And, you know, we just dig in and yeah. we work really hard and they think that's crazy because we live to work. Some people work to live, right? I mean, there's just all kinds of things that are going on. I think it's important for millennials to also understand that they need to look back in the generations to find the experience and the wisdom that we can bring forward. And that's why it's becoming such a collaborative effort in the workplace. There's no such thing as a boss, a manager anymore. It's that trickle down economics, you know, in the, in the workforce is not working. It's all team members, not employees, flexibility, collaboration. Um, and I think that's, what's going to take us, you know, further on Yeah. A colleague of mine who wrote a book called the millennial tsunami. In fact, I'm going to be interviewing okay. as soon as we're done interviewing yeah, a friend of mine. So you have to come and watch the next video or listen to the next episode, but yeah, I will. I definitely will. Millennial tsunami. And you know, it's amazing what he has to say. I mean, it's powerful. I can't, I don't want to give it away. It's super, super powerful. You have to listen because you won't believe what's coming forward. And, you know, he's just a really big fan on making sure that, you know, that we're all working together as a collaborative effort. So, you know, I just want to say congratulations to you on that. And, you know, thank you for, for will, be, being you. willing to take that on is it's not just, I'm going to hire a millennial. It's I'm going to focus on. And I think that's, that's pretty, you know, pretty yeah. incredible. What's the best advice you've ever received? Doesn't have to be in business, just anything. What's the best advice you've ever received? Um, you know, that's that's a really good question. So I think that I'm, I'm a learner by seeing and doing rather than telling me, right? Like I, I'm much more a functional learner that way. So what I didn't realize growing up is my father had all these habits, you know, getting up early and going to work and all this kind of stuff that I didn't realize at the time. I didn't necessarily respect it the way I did when I was a kid because, you know, he worked three jobs and he wasn't there a lot because he was just trying to, I think the best lesson I ever received is when I realized later on in life 
how much of that was in me. And I was, I was utilizing it in a different way. And, and without seeing him do it every single day, you know, he got up at four o'clock in the morning every single day and ate his breakfast and went to work. He didn't brag about it. He didn't post on social media about it. He just kind of did it. And he never said he was tired. And he never said, I'm too tired to do this. I'm too no tired complaints. to that. So I think more than anything, yeah, no complaints. And I, and I think when I thought, when I finally kicked in and as you get older, you realize things from your past. A lot of the stuff I was, was because of him. And, and I was kind of the newer version of him that was just utilizing those things in different way. But I was the same basics that I learned by watching him do it every single day. I still do today, but it's really made my career so much better than it would have been. Yeah. That's called mimicry. <laughs> it is. It's the mimicry. Uh, yeah. That's, children, there you go. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think as leaders, you know, speaking about your leadership, you know, and what you're going into right now. And even now as leaders, we're leaders of relationships, we're leaders in our household. People are watching. You're a leader, no matter what you're doing. People are watching in this crazy little box that we're in, you know, to determine what leadership is all about. And leading by example is mimicry, you know, and we can't tell people, Hey, you have to go do this. I'm not doing it, but you don't have to, <laughs> right? or you have to go do it. Right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, you're right. Yeah, and I think yeah, that one or the other, yeah, still there. That's still there. We have to lead by example, which means if we're you are a life learner and you're learning from other people, that will that mimicry will make the success of your industry, you know, what you're doing in your company, so much more powerful because they're mimicking you. So they're going to want to learn from you too. And I think that's just really powerful. And that's, I mean, it's a message that we need to level up and climb to new altitudes as, as lenders and real estate agents, you know, to be experts at what we do and professional at what we do. And this is, yeah, it's, I really believe it's a craft. I really believe all business is a craft and I respect craftsmen in any business. And I think that this is a craft and it's still a craft, no matter how digital it gets. And to be good at your craft, you have to practice all the time and you have to work all the time. And, and, you know, Kobe Bryant, who is somebody I still resonate with me every single day. And I still think about every single day is somebody who took two. If you look at his athletic ability compared to Michael Jordan and LeBron James, he wasn't as good as an athlete as those guys was, right. but, but he took 2000 shots a day to make sure he, like he worked at it and he just, mm -hmm. he mastered his craft to the fullest. He squeezed every single little bit of his ability out that he could, like he was the maximum person he could be every single day. And, and, that resonates me with everything. I think that I want to be the best person I can be every single day. And however long that takes every single day, I want to do it. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because he's been said to have said, I hated it. I hated doing that every single day, but I love the results. And that's yeah. it's not sexy to yep. be, to have to work. But I think a lot of people just sort of meander no. through the, you know, through their businesses and their lives. And then they wish they had what other people had and it takes work, you know, and doesn't have to be hours. Time the work doesn't equal time necessarily. It, it means working smart, and you already know all that. But okay, so let's talk about home qualified. What is that? A digital resource for buyers and sellers. Yeah, so home qualified was something I started back in 2015, I believe, where I started doing just buyer videos, like tips, how to buy, how to have better credit, how to do home improvements quickly, and then what it's turned into is, is more than that. Now it's my media company, where my media company, who's the company now who produced my my television show that's streaming on YouTube and Amazon and Roku and it's called Disruptors Network and they produce that. But it's kind of become an all-encompassing real estate company that's used educate or help build brand. And that's what home but originally it started just as an informational website where I was putting up videos weekly with home buyer tips. And that was what it for was first. Your, and it actually generates revenue today. But it, yeah, for all your passive clients. Correct. You know, yeah. So back. <laughs> ex exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So everything kind of goes to there and it's homequalified.com and you go there, you can see you know, I, there's still stuff, you know, daily up there. 
just start buying trends on stuff in the business. And there's still a lot of information up there, but it's really an informational company. And it's kind of how I generated a lot of the community around me. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's where we have to start, you know, and if people are worried about going into social media, this is where we have to start. And you know, it's funny, so many people say, I don't have any content. I don't have any content. And I go, but you're asked a thousand questions every day. And every single question is content. A day. Yeah, you're right. It's so easy to do. Yeah. Okay. So now you have the disruptors network, right? Or the yeah. real estate disruptors. You've got like the real estate disruptors, the qualified buyer, right? All qualified. <laughs> and then you got, I know I'm trying to catch up with it. It's like looking in the mirror to me. It's crazy. <laughs> and then you have the, the <laughs> network disruptors or the disru- disruptors network. Tell us, because yes. I know your first episode just got released. So by the time this is released, you'll probably be four or five episodes in. But what is the focus and purpose of that particular avenue? Because you already have your network of people. You already have your clients. You're already doing really well in the lending space. So what does this do for you from a passion and purpose perspective? So we're focusing on the show. So every show has two different entrepreneurs, basically, whether they're real estate mortgage-based or outside of that. And some of them are outside of that, that are not only, we want them to be self-made people and they all are. There are people who made it on their own and, and they have a story behind that. And they've gotten to a level of success. And not only are they successful, but they're using that success to either help the youth or help people build their own career. So that there's a purpose in it, right? They not only become successful, but they're using their success to educate. So I wanted to find people that had the same purpose as me and were moving in some direction to me and focus on them. Because again, back to the same thing. These are people with real substance who have done real things, who are, who are educating, who are still succeeding in educating. So it's been a good journey with that. Calling in a lot of favors to people I knew and, and meeting some new people and just hearing their stories and one of the people who's part of our network is a basketball player I was just talking to today. His name is Charlie Villanueva, and he played for the Mavericks and the Bucks, and probably a 10 to 12 year NBA career. And now he's big in real estate. And we had a conversation saying, he said, I'm just applying the same things I did in basketball to real estate. And, and it's just the same work every single day. And he's educating on his, his social media. And that's the kind of people we're focusing on in the show. It's, it's powerful to me that they're people who just understand how to work and, and they think they can do anything successful by just working at it. And that's really what we're focusing on. Yeah, that's a good message. That's a great message because when, when we think about anyone who's struggling right now, the message for them is to think about a time back when you were you know, going to be a tennis pro, right? Like I was a really great tennis player, a time when I played flute and piccolo and I was really good at it. And if yeah. we just took the principles that we Same used thing, yeah. back then, but sometimes we have to go back in our minds to think about that. You know, some people yep. it's easy. Others have to be reminded, oh yeah, I was a track star. I was a football player. I was great in grades. And here's how I did it. I can do it again. I definitely can do yeah. it again. It's all the same. And you're right. It's all the same. It's all the same principles. When you learn that, it's almost like like freeing for your life. So it's all the same principles. Yeah. I think it's wonderful. So as we close up today, Ralph, thank you so much for sharing all this. And I'm excited for you. I'm so excited to see where you're heading with this. And thank you again. And I I know that you're doing really well. I don't mean for this to, okay, I'm going to say it because I'm older. That's how I'm going to say it. It's just so refreshing to see someone putting the work that we're doing in lending and real estate to work elsewhere, whether it's for yourself, which it is. I mean, there's a purpose behind there for yourself. And, sure. and then the, and then doing something for other people instead of just having the blinders on and doing mortgages. And if I could just get that point across to everybody, my world would be so wonderful because that's what I'm trying to do, right? So as we close up today, what advice, what one quote, one piece of advice would you like to give to someone who's listening that... When we're done, they hang up the phone and they start doing something. Yeah. I mean, more than anything, just that, 
if I was started over today, just with the knowledge and no money and no anything, I really truly could believe it again. Like it's never too late to become the best person you can be. It's never too late to get in shape. It's never too late to become successful. It's never too late to educate yourself. I don't care how old you are. The successes of people who after every single age and never look at what the person's doing next to you because we're really our only competition. It's just getting out of our own way. And like, it's just never too late to start to be successful. And I, I think whoever's listening, today's the day, right? Today's the day to start. And a year from now, that person who's starting today could be ahead of where I am in my life now just by starting. So, and I, I think that's the most important thing. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ralph, for being here with us. We really appreciate it. I love your success. And I, I just look forward to continuing our relationship for years to come. And thank you for taking the time today. And thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, of course. Of course. So everybody, again, please leave us a great five-star rating and don't forget to write us a review. We want more and more reviews because we want to hear what you're liking and what you're not liking. I don't really want you to say that, but that's okay. We want to hear what you we want to hear what you want to hear. What do you want more of and what are you absolutely enjoying? And please just take the time to do it. All you have to do is scroll down on your phone to the very bottom and just click the five star and then just write one or two little sentences and you'll be done. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day today to listen to us and we will catch you next time on our next episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today. Hi there, it's Jen Duplessis. How are you? Okay, so I know I've mentioned this several times on the podcast, but I want to make sure that we got it again. We are offering the opportunity to do live coaching with me in a panel setting as part of the podcast. So if you are interested or you have a challenge, you have a struggle that you have, you want to grow your team, but you're just not sure how to do it, or you just have some basic questions about your business... I would love to have the opportunity to coach you as part of one of our episodes of Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm really excited for this opportunity. Now, we already have some people that have signed up, so there's a waiting list, but get yourself on the list. Get yourself on the list to have that opportunity to be a market influencer. And listen, I've mentioned this several times before. When you're vulnerable, it's attractive. When you are willing to go out and say, hey, I have a struggle and I need some help. And the bottom line is, if you want the help, then get it. It's an offer I'm making to everybody. So, but that vulnerability isn't that you don't want your loan, your real estate agents to hear about it, or you don't want your loan officers, you know, that, oh, I've got this myself and being strong. It's actually a defense mechanism and it's not attractive. What makes people attractive is when they're very vulnerable saying, I have a problem. I need help. Can you all help me? And the best part about it is when it's all said and done, you're going to get the help that you need to move your business forward. So I'm going to encourage you again to send an email to support at 
kineticsparkconsulting.com. And we'll have that link down here in the show notes as well. Send an email to support at kineticsparkconsulting.com and we'll get you on that waiting list and get you into a panel of no more than three people. I probably won't do two people, but I need three, but not four. And we'll use that time in a podcast to answer your questions and get some on-the-spot coaching. So I look forward to having that opportunity to help you out. And if that's if you feel it's relevant for you, then then get yourself on this. We're going to be doing it all year long. So I'm really excited about this opportunity and hope that you want to take advantage of it as well. So I'll talk to you soon.